from the cab by Ben Creek and Craig White. In this podcast, we're going to give you a quick wrap-up of the season at hand and things to look out for, including events coming up around you and everything related to agronomy and managing your farm. We're passionate about agronomy and everything farming-related, agriculture-related, and we look forward to having you join us on Agronomy from the Cab. G'day Ben, it's uh, the first agronomy from the cab and it's a pleasure to be here with you in the cab today mate on a very wet and windy day outside. Absolutely. Uh, so great to be in a cab and uh, yeah, being the first one, it'd be great Ben if we can uh, tell listeners out there a little bit about who we are, where we live and what we do. So Ben, um, what's your background mate? Uh, my background is, so we're farm, farmers in Boitbrook and I work part time um, as an agronomist contracting to the local CRT store. Uh, we're uh, on our farm. We are sheep and cropping, um, and contract harvesting farmers. And how about you, Craig? Yeah, well, my background really—I grew up in South Australia, and I came over to the west in the 1990s. Um, lived over on a wheat, sheep, and grape-growing property in the mid-north of South Australia, and then came over to the wheat belt of WA as an agronomist back in those days. And um, yeah, now work for. Bayer in the technical division, so get around the southern part of the state mostly and yeah, catch up with you quite a lot, Ben. Absolutely. Awesome. It's good having you so close. Yeah, it's all great. So living down in the beautiful southwest, but look, this podcast, Agronomy from the Cab, is just an idea because we both enjoy ag, we enjoy farming, um, growing food, and obviously the communities that we live in, and we hope that you might find something interesting to, to listen to on Agronomy from the Cab. Definitely. Absolutely. Right, so we'll share a few stories. Um, at the end of the podcast, um, Ben will give out some ways of getting in touch with us. But, you know, every good conversation, they say, starts with a bit of a chat about the weather. So, Ben, what's been happening around your farm down here at Boyart Brook? Um, you know, what, what's, how's the season been tracking overall? Overall, it was uh, quite a dry um, start to it. And we've um, noticed that with quite a lot of staggered germinations, um, with canola and lupins and even a bit of barley um, but uh, had a good turnaround with some great falls um, over the last couple of months and just recently around that 18 to 15 mils um, with a timely uh, rainfall guys have been getting their nitrogen out um, so it's been um, yeah it's actually turning around we just need that uh, bit of warmth to get the pastures growing and uh, we'll be able to put the uh, sheep carts away. Yeah certainly a lot of hand feeding going on a lot of um, grain and pellets and things brought in which was quite challenging back there a little while ago yes i think everyone's uh everyone's budgets are probably not looking too healthy at the moment but uh, a lot of lambs around which is uh, which is good and it all makes it um very well worth it but uh, yeah let's hope for the rain and um, the season keeps uh, going the way it is now yeah sure so at the moment on the pastures what are they looking like ben is there any sort of problems or issues we should be looking out for on the pastures look i think if you're lucky enough to um you know, have some reasonable pastures, then now's a good time to start manipulating. Um, you know, red-legged earth mites are very present, and lucerne flea. Um, you know, a couple of good brews, uh, sort of some MCPA Ecopar mixes, or um, some Broadstrike, if there's some uh, double Gs or um, stronger weeds that uh, need a little bit more of a spike. But um, generally, we just, um, feed is still low, and I think 
everywhere I go at the moment, people seem to call it Cape Feed rather than Cape Weed. So, <laughs> great one, Cape Feed. I like that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah Cape Feed is um, yeah quite interesting, Ben. And uh, yeah, so the insect pressure is it really huge? What you're seeing at the moment, and what can people do about it at the moment if there is yeah. a problem? Look, it's not huge of what I've seen, um, but they are they're present. You know, red legs have been hatching, uh, lucerne fleas. It's probably actually been a big problem locally with um, cereal crops. I've noticed a lot of them around at the moment. So, you know, when going over with early jag or uh, early um, broadleaf treatments, uh, canola top-ups, um, and with pasture, if you are able to manipulate, then putting a robust insecticide in there um, to uh, fix these guys up is much advised. Yeah, and certainly <clears throat> make sure you do check the compatibility with your herbicides and liquid fertilizers whatever you might be doing in you know both pastures and the general crops wheat barley canola and you know all the chemical manufacturers have plenty of information available for that yeah yeah absolutely good so <clears throat> moving on a little bit then um one of the things that i've been seeing as i get around all through the southern part of the state uh as well is yeah just the staggered germinations that have occurred and um saying canola for example small very small canola crops as well as very advanced ones actually but mostly uh in that vegetative or leafy stage and um you know there's a lot of blackleg spores flying around out there at the moment so i just want to urge everyone to really have, take a good look at the information that's available about managing blackleg and make sure you actually have a great look at the a really good look at the the fact sheets that give you you know the rotation advice rotational advice the varietal advice um, and do consider a foliar fungicide if indeed you know your pressure is high i mean that bonito system i think is you know we're putting a lot of pressure on it so it's worth people having a look at it ben i don't know what your thoughts are on the on the canola system as it's out playing whether you're seeing any black leg around or whatever at the moment definitely i've seen black leg there and i was actually going to ask you craig um on some fungicide options and send some thoughts from you there yeah well look you've got to make sure you do look at your um, history so if you had canola around you and there's got to be blackleg in the first place but the sporical models at the moment department of agriculture or department of primary industries and regional development it's called they um they they put out this model um or they have this model which can actually show when the sp spore showers are happening and they're happening in a lot of the southwest and um, southern areas of the state and about to up north more north in the wheat belt and it's really important that you understand your risk because some varieties you know genetically will be able to resist that so you really wouldn't get a response from a fungicide mm. at this point but there's a lot that would and um, at Bayer we launched Aviator X Pro which is a, a huge improvement over even Brazaro. Brazaro is great as well but Aviator X Pro is an excellent one on blackleg but yeah exciting to hear more about that yeah yeah it can be quite a challenge to look at little canola plants and go well oh, i don't really want to spend any money on doing anything there but again if you've got a system that has been pushed a bit then it's worthwhile getting more advice advice about it and ben or i can um, give more on that if you get in touch with us and we'll give out how to do that at the end of the podcast yep no sounds sounds really good one uh, thing i will mention as well this season it seems to have been quite a uh early disease um, prone season for barley or for cereals we've noticed uh, net, net type blotch on bass barley and even flinders we're noticing a lot of uh, early disease uh, in barley crops um, actually noticed a little bit of septoria in some early oats as well um, I think we need to go back through our 
uh, programs and see what we've actually applied uh, via the seed um, and fertiliser treatments and make a plan of action um, to going forward um, to minimise our yield loss and to make the very, the very best out of what we have um, in the paddock right now because crops are looking really good and have a lot of potential. Um, any thoughts on that, Craig? Yeah, well, as you said, uh, we're you know, making a plan, having a look at it. Um, yeah, disease on young plants early on is a real challenge. I mean, it has been, generally speaking, warm and mild, fairly warm and mild. I mean, there's yeah. been a few pretty freezing nights down where I live anyway and mm. out here, Ben. But um, in a general sense, perfect conditions. Look, two, three-year-old stubble even can harbour a lot of disease so even if it's a couple of years since you've had barley in the immediate paddock it um, can still become an issue under conditions like this and having a good strong strategy and making sure you know what fungicide you're using uh, just be careful that you're not choosing a, a just a product um, that's not effective on that disease so make sure you get good advice and that's sort of the thing that you do Ben and I do a lot of um, and yeah, same. We're getting a lot of questions about you know where our products are fitting. So Brazaro has been there as a strong one for a while, and of course now Aviator X Pro. Yeah. Uh, but there are others like Amastar Extra and um, Kajito and all those sorts of ones, which are different types of mixes. But make sure you do really check the best advice out, and uh, we can give you plenty of help with that to get a good strategy going. Absolutely, and I think we always need to remember that prevention is always better than cure. So try and be on the uh, front foot. Yeah, that's always the, the issue, trying to mop up a big problem becomes quite challenging and actually in the long run more expensive and it does cost you at the end of the day. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, certainly, Ben, weeds, you know, always weeds. There's always weeds. Never a shortage. <laughs> never never a shortage, but uh, look, <clears throat> the uh, some people that may hear me talk um, always know I'm going on about this early weed control message. That's the one... If you control your weeds early, that will provide you the best benefit or return on investment. So you, you do a lot to get the crop in. You don't want to let those early weeds rob you. They're the most yield-limiting weeds. And work right back in the 1990s shows that um, controlling them well before tillering, um, you know, tillering crop stage of your crop, mm. is when you're going to get the most benefit. And I brought out today to give you, Ben, one of these... Uh, velocity weed squares which is uh, you might want to describe what it looks like and what you think of it yeah we've got a, um, a velocity weed square with um, a 30 centimeter by 30 centimeter square um, and we can place this over anywhere in your pastures in your or in your crops we uh, look at uh, things such as um, wild radish and let me find it and in your pre-tillering 50 plants per meter squared um, your percent of yield gain from early weed control can be up to 19.8%. So it's really proving bang for buck when we're considering using, uh, say, an early Jaguar in barley um, or not. So, and what, and what happens if you sort of wait for all the weeds, you know, heaps more weeds to come up and, and go quite late on that table, Ben? What does that say at the 50 plants per square metre? And, and leaving it till later, what does that drop back to from about 20%? Yeah, so we so we get up to um, so 100 plants, or if we go down to mid-tillering, um, we're at 13.3%. Mm. Yep, so straight away there's about a 5% difference there already just from delaying, and yep. I think it goes up even more if you go even later. Yeah, and, and becomes... if, we, if we push up to those 300 plants per metre squares, which would be massive, 
Um, at mid tillering, it's it's a twenty five point twenty five point five percent. Yep, that's right. So so very big. And if you go late with wild radish, even in those high populations, you can be up somewhere even around forty five percent. I think that little table yeah, shows, yep. which is huge. You think forty five percent. And this square we're looking at is based on the old Hogarth square that um, companies developed years ago, and this one's um, you know taken on that and it's one tenth of a square metre so you lay that down in the pasture or the crop and count how many weeds in a few places and then you multiply that number by 10 and that'll give you the square metre each or number of plants per square metre and some fantastic information on the outside of the weed square um, to help you with those decisions so get onto those weeds early that's the message and you know this was developed back in the 1990s these messages um, that Ben just talked about um, and those things don't change. They're still valid today as they were back when they were first worked out, Ben. I think and if you'd like to get your hands on one of these, I reckon we could twist Craig's arms to uh, try and find us a few more, so please get in touch with us. Pretty big arms, mate. Absolutely. No, definitely good idea. If anyone out there is interested, get in touch with Ben or I, and we'll post you one out for sure. Now, um... Ben, I've got something I want to ask you while we're talking about yield loss and you know, so that's money in the bank or money not in the bank at yep. the end of the day. Um, here's one for you, mate. Can you tell me, is an old $100 note worth more than a new one? Four. Four. Can we say a vintage, uh, vintage priced or um, historic price is uh, going to increase its value? Could be. So is an, old, is an old $100 note worth more than a new one? Oh, look at this. I've got it now. <laughs> no, it's worth $99 more. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> there you go. All right. Um, hey, Ben, you've got a little bit of trivia that you found on the internet. It's quite an interesting story, this one. It is an interesting story. I was just um, flicking through some things regarding grain. And in uh, 1939, I was talking about Kansas wheat. When they realized uh, that women were using their sacks, um, the, gra- the old grain sacks, um, they were making clothes for their children with it. So... Um, some of the good-hearted uh, mill workers, they decided to use flowered fabric uh, for their sacks so the kids would have uh, pretty clothes and softer clothes. I thought that was pretty cool. It was very kind and, uh, yeah, and uh, the label would uh, wash out. Wow, that's pretty cool. So when you mean flowered sack, do you mean ready-made flour inside the sack? Yeah, so mum would buy their uh, weekly amount of grain, wheat, yep. and or flour sacks, and instead of... Um, discarding them or an old, old calico or hessian calico, yeah they would be um softer um material for that they could make dresses and and they're pretty fabric it's pretty yeah nice one nice one amazing isn't it when you um when you think about it back in those days absolutely good old little rural towns just thinking of for, with each other there yep again the communities um that you and i both love as well we love the communities that we work in and the things we do because the end of the day what we're all about and agronomy and uh, everything is growing food for people and making life better so that's why we're doing this podcast because we love uh, talking about those things um so out there look if you've got any ideas or things you'd like ben and i to actually talk about i mean this being the first of this series where uh, we introduced ourselves next time we'll just get straight into it and we can cover a whole range of topics have you got anything else ben you want to sort of bring up in terms of managing the farm or things are going on for you i think right now just to be, as far as the agronomy side of things, just to be aware of the uh, weeds and insects like we've discussed, to be very, uh, I guess it's more a, a reiteration of the fungicide um, issues that are around and present due to the uh, season conditions. 
Um, but I think uh, that's uh, a pretty good uh, start. Uh, ben, what's keeping you up at night at the moment? You know, something on the farm that might be you're just thinking about, you know. Hopefully it's not keeping you up at night like your brand new little baby who I've uh, recently met. He's a fabulous little chap. Uh, what's keeping you up at night, mate, making you think? Yeah, look, um, well, it's funny, actually. I think uh, little Theo does uh, keep me up a bit and actually makes me think a bit more sometimes. But, um, yeah, look, I think um, we never expected to have a, uh, a season like this for this Southwest twice in a row. Um, and I think the, the grain side of things, having bought so much grain and hay, that certainly um, has put a dampener on um, even such high prices, but it certainly makes us think of where can we save in other areas of our farm, but not skimp to a point where it uh, can be a hindrance on other enterprises, but what can we do better? How can we make the most of every hectare on our farm? And I think that's something that um, is a big question at the moment on my mind. Yeah, uh, certainly one for me as well, looking at it from the other side perhaps is understanding that there are certainly pressures on everybody and you know where can you make the most out of it so getting good advice is always the start making sure you do mm. ask good questions um yeah. you know really because sometimes you know the product that appears expensive may not be the, the most costly one in the long run whereas i've seen it plenty of times the other way around but yeah. the only difference is that people get good advice and know when to to, to, to pay for it, you know, and or pay for the good product mm. as opposed to skimping and ending up with a poorer result. What's the old rule of uh, thumb, Craig? The uh, ch d cheapest chemical is quite often the dearest chemical. Yeah, absolutely. If it doesn't work, it's a bit back, like back to that $100 note, isn't it? Mm, yeah. It's an old one worth uh, more than a new one. If you don't actually ask the question, what do you mean? Yeah. Then you might misinterpret it um, as a $1 note versus a new note so Absolutely. yeah yeah <laughs> all right cool and um finally ben um you know, apps and tools or tips are big things in our lives these days these smartphones that we seem to be all having in our pockets and in our tractors and cabs everywhere um can you tell me is there a an app or a tool or something that you've been using lately that you'd like to share and your experience with out there yeah look um an app that i find um very useful um, now it's kind of uh, it's for the guys that use the Marshall multi spreaders. Um, they basically you can plug in your um, what spreader you have and what product you're using and your, what distance you're throwing and your RPMs and basically it will help. You can help you um, with a to give you a good accurate measure of what's in the tank itself or what's in the bin and um, what your rates are about. They also can connect up to your spreaders if you've got the little Wi-Fi gadget. But generally, it's just a good idea just to be able to see how much you've got in the tank and help you work out your rates just to um, help you get a, uh, a more accurate um, amount of fertiliser um, that's put out across your paddocks. Um, and it's just a Marshall multi-spread app, and it's a free download off the App Store. Fantastic. What about you, Craig? Yeah, oh, look, there's a lot of them and, uh, in future podcast so i'll give out a couple of others that um really interesting this one's not related directly to ag it's more a personal one i suppose but people might be interested in it's a app called udemy u-d-e-m-y all right i haven't UD. heard of that one that sounds interesting so it's like um it's basically training so not necessarily ag related but 
Um, sometimes your brain needs a break and you might want to actually learn about, you know, how to sketch or draw or do some other fancy thing, you know, learn how to play the violin or I don't know, whatever it is, Ben, you know, we all need that yeah. different time out. And I found this thing called Udemy, U-D-E-M-Y, and there's a huge amount of courses on there. It's pretty cool. Um, you can do it on the computer, but of course the app means you can actually uh, buy your little training courses. I'm doing a drawing one actually, and it's really cool. It's amazing how, how much we do draw, even if it's just a line in the sand with a stick, you know. Um, yeah, we can all improve um, ourselves by doing some training that you might be interested in. So have a look at Udemy. So not, only, not only can we uh, listen to agronomy in the cab, we can Udemy, Udemy in the cab as well. Is that correct? Absolutely. So you could be learning about something else <laughs> as you're kicking along. Yep. And uh, broaden your horizons, so they say. Give yourself, Build yourself a different sort of skill. Just thought that was a bit of a different one. Yeah, excellent. Yeah. Cool. So, um, finally, Ben, we said it was, we did say it was really windy and everything outside, and I was going to ask you uh, this one, but I don't reckon with the amount of wind out there that even this would apply today, but why do birds fly south, mate? Why do birds fly south? Tell me, mate. Because it's too far to walk. Absolutely. <laughs> and today they'd have to walk, mate, because well, they'd just sit there and they'd get blown whichever way the wind's going. Man, that's strong out there. They wouldn't be moving. Yep. That's it. Cool. Well, thanks, Ben. Um, that's fantastic. Next time we'll get straight into it and cover a whole range of other topics. But look, importantly, we want to hear from you. So if there's anything you'd like us to cover, go into a little bit more depth with or whatever, then you can email us at agronomyfromthecab at gmail.com. That's agronomyfromthecab at gmail.com. And don't forget, if you want one of those weed squares, then get in touch. And Ben and I are both on Twitter. Ben, what's your um, handle, mate? Um, I am farmagro1. And I'm at photobycw, at photobycw. You'll see Ben and I on there. So we'll look forward to seeing you a bit more on there. And don't forget about agronomyfromthecab at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Thank you.